Why did they stop making Friday movies? They should make more Friday movies. They need to reboot that shit. I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm going to get you high today. Because it's Friday. You ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. I don't know. I, I felt like it was done. The last Friday, or it was the next Friday or something like that, I felt like it was a lot of the same jokes. Like, Craig is still dealing with his parents. He's like 40-some years old. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. In the goddamn refrigerator, eating up all the food, all the chicken, all the pig feet, all the collard greens, all the hog maws. I want to eat some of them chitlin. I love pig feet. Well, I'm saying they need to reboot it. They need to find some fresh blood up there, you know, and they got the, you know, advances in weed technology these days and whatnot. You have the dad come in and say, smell that, Craig. Where you at? In the bathroom. Listen, Craig, I want you to smell my poop. I smelled your shit for 22 years. Now you can't smell mine for five minutes. And he's like in a, like a retirement home, and Craig's like, God damn it, Dad, I'm not visiting you anymore. <laughs> Don't nobody go in the bathroom for about 35, 45 minutes. That's fucked up, Pops. I guess Cube would be like a dad now. And his son would be like the, you know. See, now wouldn't that be, see, that's going to be funny. Like, Cube's the dad, and, like, the kid is totally, like, straight-laced, like, straight-A student and stuff like that, and just, like, cannot relate to him. What did Cube name his kid? Crushed Ice? Crickets? Really? I thought, thought that was, that's going to be the opener. How do you get a rag on Ice Cube, man? What do you do? I just, I wouldn't be clowning on Cube like that. Yeah. I mean, he might be saying. making all them Disney movies and stuff, but he can still bust a cap. You don't want to get knocked the fuck out. You got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Debo, bitch. That's my boy, punk. That dude, that so, Debo guy was in so many movies during that like, five-year five period. That guy with like oh one, my God, I know. one eye that goes sideways, but he like lifted a lot of weight. So they're like, he's the scariest motherfucker I've ever seen because he just looks like not sane. Did you ever <laughs> see the movie that he was in with Hulk Hogan called uh, No Holds Barred? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. I've seen every Hulk Hogan movie a thousand times. We've been hanging and banging, brother, 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 brother. Even the one, <laughs> where, right, he, well. the one where he's a fucking nanny, you've seen that a thousand times? Yeah, and Suburban Commando, get out of here. Well, Hulk, I, I, I'm getting ready for breakfast here. I'm going to have some pancakes, a couple of eggs, some bacon before I work out. I'm just having a cigar. Hey, we're going to start out on the right foot. Get that coffee out of your mouth. We're going to start out on the right foot. I'll make you breakfast. Just stay right there. Uh, Thunder, Thunder Beach, wasn't that another one? Next on Thunder in Paradise. I've watched this series four times. Thank you very much. Thank you, Hulu. Just want to say, I want a boat that, I want a boat that's like, Kit from Knight Rider. K-I-T-T for easy raffles. And like, I have chicks with huge tits, like as my sidekicks all the time. It's fucking awesome. So what if they got Hogan? brother to be in the uh friday reboot and he could be like another dad like hogan's a dad cube is a dad and like cube's son is dating hogan's daughter and he'll say something like 
Oh, I always feared something like this. I don't know. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? You know what I mean. You know what I'm getting at. <laughs> no, they, they, are, they already did that. That's like one of the subplots on uh, Soul Plane. I think they made th- Thunder, whatever it's called, uh, a boat show because Hogan's got bad <laughs> knees. Because you can't like, run and jump into a car. <laughs> There's like no fast escape scene from a dock. We'll just cut to where he's like on the water already. <laughs> it's not really Hulk Hogan. It's like some 150-pound guy with a blonde wig from behind and a T-Rex on top. I can't believe it's no bottom. Hogan don't have sea legs, bro. He don't have sea legs. Yeah, I'm amazed that Hulk Hogan had enough in his knees where he made that tape with Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. I mean, they're going at it in there. I didn't think he had the cartilage left. Brother, 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 brother. Brother. I never have seen the video. Like, I, it, they teased it on a million sites, but it's like him, like, getting in, and then it like, cuts to him, like, getting out, and, like, his, his son calls, and he, like, talks to his son while the like, chick's like, oh, can get back in bed. But I didn't see him, like, drilling the chick. Was it a good video? Dude, don't watch it. It's, yeah, don't, don't watch it's it. Really, There's so it's much really better celebrity. I have to watch every Hogan performance a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't watch it a thousand times. You dude, you're life. seriously saying you want to see some like six year old dude fucking? I mean, come on. A thousand times, yes. How old That's is Hogan? That's the opener. All right. You should watch the uh, Hogan porn in VR, man. It'd be like you're there. You know, just sit in the back. You guys carry on. I'm just standing over here. Go ahead. Oh my god. No, just the holster <laughs> is on top of you. Ah, come on, Gino. Oh, up, oh, Gino. Oh, come on. Oh, come on, Gino. Come on, all the way to the top. Come on, Gino. Out of the holster, oh, man. Oh, Hulk. Come on, Gino. Come on. Just come on, Gino. Get it. And he's just sweating so hard, bro. He looks like a burnt hot <laughs> and, you're like, and you're like, head headbutt me like one of your Soviet flags, Hogan. Well, you know. What's that smell? At the time, Bubba the Love Sponge and Hogan were, like, really good friends. He invited him over, and he had, like, cameras set up all over in his house and shit, and he's like, yeah, you can go fuck my wife. And he went up and fucked his wife, and then he, like, sold that video. Don't you think that's really fucked up? Okay, like, it's really fucked up that anybody's like, oh, yeah, come over and fuck my wife. I mean, right there, if somebody offers you to straight up fuck their wife, like, calls you up on a fucking Thursday afternoon or something, like, hey, what are you doing? You know it's some kind of trap. Come on. John, John, times were tight, all right? We had to do what we had to do to get through, all right? It was an eight-year marriage, and it wasn't a setup, John. It was just trying to get her needs filled, all right? I'm at work. It's totally work on a Thursday. You should have called the Hulkster, brother. <laughs> you should have called the Hulkster. <laughs> like, like, the doorbell rings. So I am a real American. <laughs> yeah, and I love the videos of Hulk Hogan uh, like wrestling at the World Trade Center. So it's like all the pictures of the World Trade Center going down, but he's like, slam, body slamming, wrecking it. Does he drop a leg on it? Yes! He does the elbow, drops the elbow on one of the one of the towers. How surprised are you that Hogan hasn't like you know, cause cause like sixty-four year old wrestlers are not very common. A lot of these guys die early, but he's still in decent shape and he's like, you know, not completely falling apart physically or mentally or anything. I mean, his wife is fucking like a fifteen year old boy. I mean, wouldn't that do something to you mentally? 
I mean, not 15, he's like 18 or something like that, but it's like one of her son's friends from school moved into Hogan's house and is driving all Hogan's cars and his fancy shit. Wouldn't that piss you the fuck off? I would be like, I will wreck that little fucking piece of shit. He should fucking go drop the leg on him, man. Put put the 35-inch pythons around his neck. Show him who's a real American. He got divorced, like, for a legal thing and stuff, didn't he? Like, he kind of, like, did all that shit where it looks like he's poor, but he still, you know, got all the money and all the houses and cars and shit. Out of the Hulkster, man! Yeah, he didn't re-sign, but what he did is he signed under his daughter, and they did uh, Brooke Knows Best, like, two years of that. And he made money off of her, but during his divorce, he didn't claim any of that money. He's he's fucking good guy. He's a shysty. Hogan, a thousand times, every interview. Hogan was the one that taught everybody to fucking drink beer out of cans because, you know, you can hide it in the palm of your hand while you're driving down the road. Yeah, but seriously, aren't you surprised that he outlived uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper? He's tough enough to go on bench press 500 pounds. Who really cares, man, huh? I mean, I would have totally betted on Piper living longer than him. Bro, brothers, bro, brothers, brother, brothers, brother, 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 brother. Well, he was the only one that had enough money to survive past fame, where a lot of those guys are like, I'm really rich, blow drugs up my nose, and then like, oh, we don't want you anymore. Like, you're, like, you're done. Like, zero money. You know, like, a lot of those guys just went right in the shitter. Oh, yeah, so many of them went right in the shitter, because, I mean... You know, part of it, too, has got to be like when you're especially the old school ones where they're all roided up and everything. Then all of a sudden you're not burning like, you know, fucking 10,000 calories a day, you know? Well, in order to be that person, you have to devote your life to that shit. So it's like high school and shit. They're like lifting weights or eating protein shakes a million hours a day, whatever. And then like three years of fame. All right, you're done. What are you going to do with your life? This is all I've done is like fake throw people around a ring well hogan got on those fucking commercials duties on the commercials for like rena center it's satisfaction guaranteed brother he even did one really weird ass commercial in japan where he was like kind of doing the miley cyrus uh wrecking ball thing you know brother naked yeah they, a few years ago, they had the Jake the Snake Retribution movie come out where he's like sobering up and losing weight. Million percent says he's on drugs and he's fat again. Million percent, right? He got a little taste of money from that. And then what, what do you think he did? Well, yeah. Who was that? Who were the other two that were in that thing with them? And they were like all doing this like sober living house thing and all that shit. Diamond Dallas Page, motherfucker. Self high five. We're going to do some breathing. So put your hands on your belly. Take a deep belly breath in. And really fill your belly up full air. Oh, yeah, the DDP. And DDP got into, like, that weird fucking, like, yoga and new age shit and stuff. Oh, my God. Dude, he's still doing it, dude. He's, like, skinny. He's, like, a fitness coach. And he, like, he does life coaching, too. Like, Diamond Dallas Page is the real fucking deal. Yeah, that's the last person on earth I want life coaching from, DDP. I want the diamond in my house, bro. I'll, th- I'll toss the diamond up every day. Dude, I used to think it was so funny. Like, they used to make DDP wear that tape around his ribs all the time because he was, like, so fat. 
Because, <laughs> like, he started wrestling when he was old, dude. Like, he was, like, 35 when he was coming into his, like, popularity in wrestling. He had been a manager before that, but he hadn't been an entering performer. But, like, all the boys liked him, like Hogan and fucking Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. They all thought he was cool. I mean, he he got he was one of the guys that probably got shit on by management more than anybody else. And then, like, people demanded he would come back and he'd come out and fucking people oh, would go yeah. nuts and they'd get rid of him again and they'd have to bring him back. When he went to WWE, yeah, they fucking buried him, dude. Like, he had that thing where he was stalking the Undertaker's wife and oh, then yeah. the Undertaker's wife fucking beat his ass. Like, he got beat up by the Undertaker and then beat up by the Undertaker's wife. And you're just like, yes, DDP lost all, like, legitimacy then. But when he was in WCW, he was pretty dope, dude. Like, he was he was always able to uh, follow the plans of the NWO. I remember the one time that he, like, dressed up like La Parca, which was, like, a luchador guy that was a heavyweight. And he, like, had this cool skeleton costume, and he was fighting against Macho Man Randy Savage, who was, like, in an intense rivalry with DDP at the time. Oh, yeah! So, like, you know, DDP disguised himself as La Parca, and then all of a sudden, La Parca hits the diamond cutter on Macho Man, and they're just like, what the fuck? And then, like, La Parca pulls his mask off, and it's DDP. You're just like, oh, shit, that's so awesome. He also had one of the best entrances when when he was being a face, not when he's being a heel. So I watched an interview where like they said that your persona pretty much dictated how you lived at the time. So like the guys who dictated themselves as billionaires or whatever like that, they had to really still have that persona keep going on the line. So they got like penthouse hotel rooms. They got limos. And then people like the British Bulldog and shit, they're like, oh, yeah, Bulldogs are like. They're racing junkyards, bro. We don't <laughs> you stay in the fucking economy suite with the fucking with the ultimate warrior and you guys could fucking drink and do coke. Well, that that was also back in the day, like before people knew wrestling was as fake as it is, you know, it's still real to me. Damn it. <laughs> I'll be. So like there was always kind of this air of like, well, maybe the million dollar man actually is, you know, worth a million dollars, whatever. And for some reason, people believe this. Well, wouldn't that be great to have your persona be like, I'm just surrounded by women all the time. I'm like the ladies, man. They always hire like a bunch of like hot chicks to just walk out with you, have your arms around, like grabbing their ass and shit. It'd be fucking sweet. That was the Godfather, man. The uh, what? Uh, what was his name? He also was Kama Mustafa and Papa Shango. He had all those hoes. He had the hoe train. And then now there's... Oh, yeah, um, that's right, the hoe train. Oh, what was it? What was his name when he was doing the hoe train? The Godfather. Oh, I don't like that guy. I liked uh, the Bushwhackers. I think they were like... In 1989, Luke Williams and Butch Miller went from the outback to the forefront of sports entertainment captivating audiences across the WWE universe with an energy never before seen. And while this fun-loving tandem may have been known to wear camouflage, the Bushwhackers were two of the most colorful superstars to stand out in WWE. Be it their mile-a-minute lifestyle or their taste for the unusual. Oh boy, we've got the bloody cheese, What are you going <laughs> they, didn't have any hoes. they probably didn't get penthouse suites dude the bushwhackers did not have hoes dude how 
how bad would you feel if you were the Bushwhackers and they just like basically took your gimmick and turned it into the Dudley Brothers? Yeah, no limos picking up the Bushwhackers at the airport to take them to the gig. It was like a fucking rickety van all the time. They're like, that's great. And they're like licking the head of the fucking driver the whole time. All right. <laughs> just get us there. No, that's like a fucking goat drawn carriage shows up <laughs> at the airport. <laughs> It's like fucking going down the side of the road. They're like fucking whipping the goat, licking the goat's head. They're like, go faster, goat. We gotta get to the match. You know who was good at marketing themselves was was Sergeant Slaughter. You come out here, yak, yak, yak in some foreign language. This is United States of America. I made this country where it is today. He made it into like G.I. Joe cartoons, into like all sorts of shit. G.I. Joe! guy was fucking dope yeah for sure dude yeah he he was a cash cow big time man you see i kind of miss the days where like all you had to do to have a unique persona in the wwf back then is like you just literally had to wear a different shirt <laughs> like you know sergeant slaughter all he does is put on glasses and a hat he was like a, a big fat dude and he just yelled a lot yeah. i know he was fucking huge i mean like oh my god Huge! Oh my god! Huge! Huge! I know! He was fucking huge! I mean, like, oh my god! Huge! 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 I know! He was fucking huge! I mean, like, oh my god! Huge! That's why I had to wear that fucking uh, tank top thing because it was so fucking fat. I love that. That fat guys could be so famous. Back but then. he looked good. He he looked awesome. He looked like a fucking big Haas drill sergeant, man. And you remember Vader? He was a big fat fucker, too. But he looked awesome because he wore that like leather thong on his face and shit. Yeah. And, like that singlet. <laughs> And he had that stupid fucking helmet where, like, they'd put it in the middle of the stage and he'd, like, command it to blow smoke or something. That's why I root for a big country Roy Nelson from the MMA. He's just a big fat dude who, like, drills people and ends them right away. But he's got, like, a background in wrestling, like, college, like, championship fucking wrestling and shit like that. He's got all this ground knowledge, but he's just a big slugger. That would be a great fucking podcast episode, like top 10 wrestlers that were so fucking fat they couldn't be shirtless. And you could put like a uh, junkyard dog on there. JYD, the junkyard dog. Um, let's see who else. Dusty Rhodes, baby. The American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. He had oh, yeah. to keep Ca- his shirt Captain on. Lou Albino. <laughs> Captain Lou Albino. Yokozuna wore like red spandex. Yokozuna. Dude, Yoko, they didn't have fucking a shirt that would fit Yokozuna, dude. Yokozuna never wore a shirt. <laughs> That motherfucker would show up at the airport just like shirtless. Yeah. Yokozuna, dude, Yokozuna. If you fucking look at Yokozuna's ass, it'll hypnotize you, bro. Was Yokozuna the one who did the whole like uh, rub his ass in their face when they're up against the uh, turnstile? Nah, nah, that was Rikishi. Yokozuna was a uh, wrestler, a uh, sumo wrestler. He basically was topless. He had like the uh, knot on top and he'd come in and like do the sumo stomps and shit like that. Yeah, but that's that's almost exactly Rikishi's thing, too, right? Because uh, Rikishi had like the sumo, uh, like the yeah, uh, 
sumo thong thing. But Rikishi was a Samoan, and I think they were presenting Yokozuna to be Japanese, even though he was actually also Samoan. Right, but there was... I mean, they were almost like in my mind. I really can't differentiate between the two. Oh shit! Speaking of marketing and Samoan, The Rock, ultra fame. He like took it past Hogan's potential and was like, make fucking movies. Oh, yeah. yeah, no doubt. You know who really bottomed out is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like zip beyond the WWE. He's got a podcast, but you know what loser doesn't? Am I right? Right. <laughs> well that dude like can't he like not walk without the knee braces and shit like he's totally fucked up uh that knee is wrecked dog it was it's too much of the uh you know slamming cores and slamming against your head and then fucking just pile driving people where is fucking goldberg oh, oh he, goldberg came back for a little while remember it was like when oh, we first talk about guys that got fat back. as fuck oh my god <laughs> He was in some movies, and he was, like, the big thing at the time. He was, like, the biggest guy in Hollywood. Yeah, and then, like, um, he went away, and when he came back, he had, like, that fucking weird-ass, you know, mixture of all of his old shit together, and it just looked so awful. And he had that kid, and he would, like, his kid would be shirtless for some reason. (laughs) Like, why doesn't your kid have a shirt on, Goldberg? Uh, You know who else made it, like, really well after WWE? Fucking Stacy Keebler. Ah, uh, dude, Stacy Keebler's so hot. She made really good cookies. You better be baking EO fudge cookies in here. What do you? She, I mean, she like really hit the fucking big time with movies, and she was on what Psych or something like that for a long time, and you know she's, uh, you know, actually got married to. Uh, like a non-wrestler person and uh, yeah really made it really made a it. real person okay <laughs> real person. okay name me name me another female wrestler that hasn't like ended in tragedy oh. you know what i hate though is that like i click on all the porn sites i go to celebrity shit and there's like a bunch of wwe starlets doing porn and shit that i've, I've never even heard of i'm like oh this chick's like a fucking wwe WWE star, I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. I want to see celebrities I know. Like fuck Kate Winslet sucking my D. A first class idiot. An honest answer. People are always trying to get me to do something. Well, there's a reason why you don't see porn, because they don't have to, and somebody who is like on three episodes of uh, TNT or something like that, they do have to do porn just to pay the bills. Yikes. Wasn't there the show that followed the starlets for a little while? What happened to that? That was a good show. Oh, that, yeah, that one fell apart because it was like the, uh, you know, fuck, what was her name? And she like married Triple H or somebody or. Yeah, the twins, one of the twins. Yeah, yeah. the twins. And and like, it just got weird there at the end. Like, I don't know. None of this stuff you're saying is accurate. I got to get the fuck out of here. Not Triple H. It was. uh, (laughs) Who was his name? No, seriously. Who was it? It was like somebody that had transitioned to management. John Cena. But John Cena is like the good boy wrestling at the time. He was like the big name. And there was the the twins. And one of them got injured and like one of them couldn't wrestle for a little while right, yeah. and got a little fat. And I think that's when the show just fell apart. She got pregnant and the show is still on. Is it? <laughs> it is not. Still yes. 
Yes. It was, like, it was on Bravo or something like really weird. It like was that. on it was like e. A and E. E. There we go. E. And they just finished the season. Who watches E? Yeah, it's like a lot of people is, watch E. I gotta go. Lot, like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. Man. Who the fuck is like switching from the Kardashians to that? I won the great designer search. Okay. <laughs> My eyes are red. I've been burning. I've been burning. Here's the reason why. My eyes are red. I've been Welcome to Magic and Hatch. My name's Tim. You might know me from AetherCast. Reportedly, 14 people were raped by dolphins in the United States in 2017. It's not that 14 people were raped by dolphins. It's that 14 people were dumb enough to think that police could do something about it. And joining me from Cast from Exile, who do we have? Howdy, homies. Sid Swami here. And while I didn't qualify for the Olympics, that hasn't stopped me from getting in the powder and eating dog meat. And a man who just got off the flu and an 186-hour Netflix binge. John Owen! Dude, you have no idea how close to the truth that is. My my record was that I slept 17 hours in one day. So, what do you think of Altered Carbon? You had to have seen that. Uh, I've I uh, full disclosure, I did read the book, um, and I've we're three episodes in, and uh, it's it's pretty decent so far. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to give any spoilers or anything. So you're back from the brink of death. Uh, did you ever feel the icy cold breath of the Reaper on your neck at any point? Oh, dude, you don't even know. So I I got this from my wife, who got it from somebody at work, right? And uh, so she's she's got it. I've got it. She's about a week ahead of me in the course of everything. And uh, she got a sinus infection. I got an ear infection on the tail end of it. Find out the hard way that my wife is allergic to penicillin. And it's the kind where it's like you take the penicillin and then it's like day nine it shows up or something like that. And uh, like she she wakes up and she's like, hey, what do you think this is? And it's like these little red bumps. And I'm like, oh, that kind of looks like heat rash or something. And then like within a couple hours, it like spreads all over her body and she starts choking. So we had to take her in. And I was just like, this is the fucking worst sickness in the history of sickness possibly ever. I swear to God, I've never been this sick since I was a kid. It's insane. Fuck you, CDC and your flu vaccine. Did you take the flu vaccine? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like free and everything, so I usually take it. And like, there's something like it's only ten percent effective this year, or something like that. So, I'm I'm starting to be a believer in this anti-vax shit. Wow, dude my my parents are old and they're like, get your five dollar five year old daughter vaccinated, you know, and they're yelling at me, and it's like all the all the kids around her are just dropping like flies. And I'm like, I don't know. I just had my first flu shot of my entire life this year. And I didn't realize how much it fucking sucked, dude. It's like you'd almost want to risk having the flu. Like after I got the flu shot, I had to have a proper shit for like four days, dude. My poops were coming out like little tiny poops, like a rabbit or something. It was fucked up. Yeah, I always feel groggy and shitty for a couple of days after a flu shot. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, they say the deal is like even when it's not effective like this year, it could be the difference where like you'll get the flu, but you won't get it like as bad where like you might die or go to the hospital or something, which I guess I kind of believe. But still, I mean, holy shit. Well, they say the people that get vaccines every year 
they build up a tolerance for it and stuff like that. So that this new N1H1 virus that's going around is a mutated version. So like the shots just actually helping it, I think. Yeah, it's it's fucking scary how many things like even in 2018, like the world is just full of things that want to kill you and mutate to be designed to kill you. I know. And you can't trust anyone. The government's like, here, drink this water here. Here, Flint, Michigan. Come on. Yeah, well, speaking of things that want to kill you and not being able to trust anybody. So you all know what the big uh, the big magic stuff is this time of year. Yeah. Great designer search. It's the great designer search. Number three. Are they bringing the legendary cube back? Because that'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah. No, no, it's the it's the great designer search number three, number three in twenty five years of magic, and uh, wow, I mean this one's just uh, more fucked up than the last two I seem to recall. Whenever they do the great designer search, isn't it because they're like they need help? They just fired somebody high up, or like they're just like our sets are going in the fucking tank fast. Well, you know, it's weird. I don't even really know why they do this other than they've done it before because, you know, the terms and conditions on this thing, like, if you're serious, like, if you actually want to win this, you, like, have to take a job with Wizards and you have to move out to Seattle. And this year they're doing some kind of, like, shitty, like, uh, reality show uh, on their website when they cut to the top eight and everything. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of cool people out there that would probably be able to win this thing. But, you know, holy fuck, you got to, like... Stop your life to go and smell Morrow's farts every day. Shit. I so mean, with this, it would be yeah. dope to design magic cards for a living. I'm not going to lie, but you have to, first of all, be a pro player. As we know uh, from talking to many a pro player here on Magic and Hash, that can be a, that can be a hard life, man. And then you got to go to college, which, you know, a fucking... It's for nerds, dude. Why would you go to school and pay for it? Stupid. (laughs) Good points. Well, speaking of, like, um, so Morrow is exceptionally ass-heard about this version of GDS. I mean, he always hates GDS. That's that's blatant. But um, so apparently this year, about 7,800 people applied for it. Uh, and they got 3,085 responses back for the uh, first round. And Morrow was exceptionally butthurt because he only thought about 1,000 people were going to respond. From that, the second trial, multiple choice, that cut it down to 94 people, and they made the cutoff being 73 out of 75 questions correct. And then the uh, third trial, that's where they cut to the top eight, and I don't think we've really uh, seen any results out of that one yet. So... uh, so yes, Morrow butt hurt that people actually took him up on the offer. Um, really angry that he had to grade all these tests. Why the fuck is Morrow grading the test? Don't they have like a Scantron or something they could do for that? Ah, good old-fashioned John Holen. Brings us back to a time when we all sat around the dot matrix printer and waited for our test results. The good ones. But uh, but anyway, so uh, you guys want to go through the first trial questions and uh, see how we do here? Sure. I'm going to be a magical card designer. This is going to be awesome. I've seen some some killer cards created in Magic for Bad that that I think those people should be designers. Uh, lots of nudity and terrible things on the cards and Magic for Borse and Magic for Worse now because Magic for Bad is 
frozen. Remember when I used to make those meme the fappening cards? Yeah, what happened to those? I could turn that into a set. I don't know, dude. Like, I still have the uh, Make a Magic Card app on my phone. Maybe I should get back into that. Maybe if Mara picks me based on these essay questions, uh, I can bring me the fappening and bring it to actual playable set. Did you post that in... Uh... Did we have Magic and Hash Facebook group then, or was that in Cast for Ex- Cast from Exile? Uh-oh, yeah, I s- no, it wasn't Cast for Exile. I started the meme for fappening or meme the fappening thing when we first started the uh, Magic and Hash Facebook group, and I still cared to post content in there regularly. Now it's just like if I get stoned and like think of something silly, I'll post it in there. Yeah, like. There's some mountains with, like, my head on and shit. I want to print those out and, like, fucking use them. Because it's just lands, right? It doesn't matter if it's a fucking proxy. You just fucking... I'd be like, these are Timmy lands, bitch. Get you. There you go. So last episode, we had Wyatt Paints on. I'm going to contact him about making some tokens. Ooh, that's cool. The ten questions that you have to answer. Right. And and one, once again, this is the first trial. Um, we've got Rosewater's article up here where he says that there's no right answers and then proceeds to tell you exactly what the right answers were if you ever want to have a prayer for, you know, wiping his ass every day up there in Seattle. Uh, and and also just, you know, not trying to rag on anybody or anything, but like, you know, 7,000 people apply, only 3,000 return an answer. And this is obviously designed to like weed out people who, you know, like can't fucking spell or, you know, don't have the ability to count. 300 words or something like that so with, with i that was kind of pissed that they didn't let me fucking design any magic cards on this test because i had some really fucking good ideas for like this uh liliana planeswalker card that she's uh topless dude but as as her loyalty goes up uh, her hands start to show more and more, and then once Nip shows, uh, it gains the ability that if your opponent gets a boner, they lose the game. Do you, is it is it basically like one of those pens that you tip upside down and like the liquid drains down to the bottom, or is it is it like a slider where you like slide a card? That's actually a good idea, like those sliders in the pop up books, you know, where you just kind of like. Negative one. That's what I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Great designer search. They need to put me on this shit. I knock I fucking knocked this test out of the park, by the way. So let's fucking do this shit. Okay, awesome. I think that's cool. But they should also have ones where you can just cover it up with a token or something and slide the token down as as you reveal more of the card and you get more abilities or some shit. It'd be kind of cool. Like you have to have, once you have three creatures, you unlock the next ability, and then once you gain five life, you get to unlock the last ability, which is like insane. The creature becomes bonkers. Yep, we're making magic cards. Yes, great, de- great design. Great to, to, to get to the point where you have to make cards, though, you got to get through his shitty ten essay questions and seventy-five multiple choice. So, so here we go. You have to be. You also has to have to be pretty good at like Photoshop and shit like that. Because like people who who like give them like finished product and like they're gonna be like, wow, this guy is fucking on it. Whereas some guy who like draws a card is gonna be like, this fucking this. That's another part of you know how this whittles down because they've got very specific instructions on 
you know, how you're supposed to uh, uh, format this shit and return it to them and stuff. And like Morrow's Tumblr is just full of like all these fucking mouth breathing idiots who don't know how to read the FAQ that are like, hey, can I, if I put it in a Dropbox and send you the password? Uh, and it's like, no, follow the fucking instructions. So, yeah. And I think Morrow ignores a lot of those emails and comments on this shit. He probably gets a lot of hate mail <laughs> at sitshaymail at gmail.com. So anyway, um, question number one on this, uh, introduce yourself and explain you are, why you are a good fit for this internship. The only point I want to hit on here is credit where credit's due. Morrow actually gives some good fucking advice in this one on how you answer this question for any application or interview you do. Because the absolute worst thing you can say is it's always been my dream to work for X. That That is like the number one way to get yourself shut down in an interview right from the jump. Right, and you lose your bargaining shit when you try to like argue for a wage. They're like, uh, we'll give you like you know, $10,000 a year. Seems pretty good. Yeah, because it's like, you know, if your goal is to work at a place, so like on day one, you're going to show up and be like, well, that's it. Thumbs and suspenders. Not going to do any fucking work. I've achieved my life goal. Never fucking say that. Don't say that. So anyway, like the right answer for this is uh, people who are excited, have a personal stake, um, explain why they need to uh, work for wizards. Uh, what do they have to offer? Is there a point of view that they have? So yeah, if you bork this question, you're a fucking idiot and you have no way that you should be designing cards. Actually, John, the correct answer is I am the gutter guru, Sid Swami. <laughs> I once chugged an 18 cube of Keystone Light in less than 15 minutes. I love weed, and I know lots of good hiding places. And I've got the complete box set of Roseanne. And he has the stretchiest ball sack I've ever seen. It's, it's, it's like an oddity. It's really weird. Okay, so number two, uh, evergreen mechanics. If you had to take an existing keyword mechanic and make it evergreen, which one would you choose and why? Tim, start us off. Um, horsemanship. Let's bring that shit back. <laughs> I mean, I, f- I feel like that or banding is like it's it's one of the most played things in modern and eternal formats. So let's uh, let's make that shit. Let's bring it back. First strike plus death touch, death strike. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say affinity because you could pretty much slide that into any set, you know, and it's only going to help out with artifacts. And I don't think that it's really going to fucking make anything too broken with the way things are now. So why not affinity? Sid, did you misunderstand the question? It's like, what, what current, um, mechanic do you want to make evergreen death strike <laughs> all right moving on okay question number three if you had to remove an evergreen status from one keyword or mechanic that is currently evergreen which one and why and the only correct answer according to morrow is hexproof but fuck him what do you say yeah actually i agree with morrow hexproof because fucking stupid unless it's on a green creature and then it probably just is unplayable I would like to get rid of flying. I think that shit's stupid because I play green. Um, I'm going to go with trample because they have pretty much reduced trample completely out of the game as it is right now. You only get like, what, one or two gigantic ass green creatures and nobody's ever going to play anymore with trample on it. Plus, it causes all kinds of confusion with first strike and double strike and 
all that other shit. So, you know, maybe maybe pull that one back. Death strike. Okay, number four. You're going to teach magic to a stranger. What's your strategy to have the best possible outcome? And Maro has the absolute worst way to teach somebody magic, which is you start playing a game and you explain every little fucking step to them and what they can and can't do, which is what causes people to never, ever want to play magic again. Well, you can't be like, oh, if you do that, I'm going to fuck kill you. Oh, you're fucking dumb. Oh, you can't do that. What the fuck? People are be like, this sucks. Yeah, exactly. Hey guys, this is your opening phase. Let's play this game. All right, Tech Oh, but, but if you have a ley line in your hand, then you can do that as part of the opening hand thing. But oh, and don't forget about Gemstone Cavins. Yeah, you can hit the play with a luck counter if, if you're you on the draw. But, but then you can describe one. I mean, holy fuck. I mean, like, you're going to walk out of the place. God almighty. Slow down. It's untap, upkeep, upkeep draw. So. Your tip's confused, see? <laughs> it's crazy. Let me teach you again. All right, so the steps of the phases. You know, you get two main phases. Um, what I'm thinking is... Oh, um... Hmm. My approach to teaching anything is strong restraints. Uh, if you got to piss, have a bucket nearby. And uh, if they get tired, just juice them with the jumper cables, bro. I believe in strong restraints only in the bedroom. Uh, yeah. Real answer, like, if it was somebody that I knew, like a friend or something like that, I would totally uh, have them download Duel of the Planeswalkers or something like that, just so they can kind of get the the feel for what it's about, and then, you know, answer their questions from there, and then maybe beat up with them with, like, a, a dual deck or something, and, you know, just... Because, let's face it, the automated version is just so much better for teaching the basics. Yeah, I would tablet teach. That's right. I would just sit him down and be like, here's duels. Just hit me up in a week when you actually are, like, passionate about it. Because that'll, like, drive him in to be like, okay, it'll teach him step by step. As much as they want to learn, they will they'll do it themselves. Where is if you push them, they're going to lose interest. Yeah, exactly. Plus, no stupid shuffling and worrying about dice and counters and all that other kind of shit that fucks up new people. Sid, would you just yell Death Strike at a new player, or how would you teach somebody? Uh, yeah, the the jumper cables, bro, and then the restraints. Oh, yeah. Marijuana affects the memory. Yeah, restraints. We don't like those. Anyway, number five! What is magic's greatest strength, and why? And, uh... Morrow kind of gives a really fucking shitty answer about how he used to think it was flexibility, but now he thinks it's the actual interaction of a physical game in a digital world and all that, and that's just such a fucking stupid baby boomer answer. All right, you guys give your answer. I have the real answer. Well, it is basically the perfect product to exploit people with the lowest possible social aptitude and the highest amount of disposable income. <laughs> that might because be right there. You have uh, college graduates that, you know, can spend $600 on the latest Fitbit, but had never exercise because they live at their mom's house. And, you know, they don't mind shelling out uh, $800 for a foil tarmogoyf if uh, 
Sid, I like wanted to wait till last, but that was my answer. All right, the ability to get losers to spend money on magic. Damn, <laughs> that is their greatest strength. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to say that their greatest strength is that they've got 25 years that they've learned from and the product is still around. So, you know, there's there's a whole lot of hills and mountains they've already gotten over and that allows them to do uh, cool things. I think we're at a place where they know what the game is and they're only restrained by the things they choose to be restrained by, not uh, batteries and jumper cables and all that. You know, like... There are a ton of cool people that play Magic. I go down to the shop down here, and there's a lot of awesome people. But then right when a release comes out, there's like this like rich fucking nerdy guy who comes in, never talks to anyone, is a piece of shit, just talks shit to people, comes in and buys like two cases of Magic cards and then bounces like on Friday Night Magic. We're like, who the fuck is that guy? But that's who I'm talking about. Like that guy is just like, he takes care of like a hundred normal people in one night. He's just like, here's a fucking huge check. It's like a financial like fucking transaction between Wizards of the Coast and all these people. Don't forget that for every guy like that, there's probably a hundred kids that beg their mom for a pack at Walmart and they're never going to set foot in a store. They're never going to play a tournament. They're, they don't give a shit about Morrow and all this other crazy meta stuff. Like, you know, it's kind of the same thing because, you know, they're selling a product to people that are, are just not, you know, it's, it's going to go in a closet in a shoebox somewhere and never to be seen again. Yeah. I mean, like, these people are like, I spend money on houses in Wall Street and I make money everywhere. I'm going to put some of my money in magic cards or whatever. And, or maybe they play with their friends or whatever, but uh, be social, be friendly because that's the culture. You walk in there to buy a pack or whatever. Don't be a dick to the people around you just because to get your cards and walk out. Like those are the people that are making your game possible too. You know, the F and Mers and all that bullshit. I'm angry. John, I'm so bitter. Is I'm sorry that I took your awesome answer, Tim. God, Sid. I'm trying to win this thing. Dude, I got I got good ideas for cards, man. I'm thinking about bringing back manual dexterity cards. What? Except you gotta flip them with your dick. <laughs> oh, shit. Sid should win the Great Designer Search 3. Well, speaking of losers, number six is what is Magic's greatest weakness and why? Uh, Morrow goes with a very corporate answer of your greatest weakness is your greatest strength pushed too far. Once again, a very good interview answer, which is the game's human qualities get pushed too far and the game suffers from human frailty, like not enough fucking transgender cards and not enough gay planeswalkers and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, whatever. Okay. So what's the biggest weakness? Go for it. Mark Rosewater. The guy's driving the shit in the toilet right now. He's like trying to like sail a boat on a turd. And I feel like Nick blank from star city game <laughs> is the Biggest downside of magic. I, I I tune into magic on weekends. I see that dweeb headed doofus and it, it really irritates me. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm so bitter right now. Go ahead, Sid. Well, I think that the biggest weakness with the Magic the Gathering product is technically there's no 
physically addictive properties to it. Um, but I have already thought of a solution. We can somehow infuse the packaging and the ink that the cards are printed with Comet Cola. Ooh, good one. Fuck yeah, Comet Cola. Grab a Comet Cola, try new Nova Blast, overthrow your endorphins, grow a dorsal fin, force a win, and of course, the four horsemen rode in on a can of Comet Cola. It's so great, I skipped my date rate to drink Comet Grape. Now I stay up late and wonder why I can't menstruate. Comet Cola comes in a variety of flavors and toxicities. Also, addictiveness may vary. We killed a shit ton of rats, though. I don't know, man. There is something addictive about when you open up a fresh pack, like for a new set that hasn't been sitting on the shelf and it's like hot from the printer. You get all that good glue and ink smell going up. Oof. Yeah, that, that'd be great if there was like one out of every 10 random uh, commons had like LSD on it or something. You could just like lick them. Yeah, LSV. I want to lick LSV. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, wait, LSD. D, LSD. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's even better, I guess. LSV's D. Moving on. Well, no, no. My serious answer on this is that uh, the biggest weakness is Wizard sells to distributors. They don't make them any money off the people that actually buy the products. So this will always be a game to please the distributors and instead of pleasing the people. Moving on. Well, so you think it's they're trying to please the stores instead of the people buying the cards because i think they're no, trying no, 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 not the stores the the distributors the the people that the stores buy the cards from well essentially you have to you know build like hype for a set to to f- trickle that down right so it's like they want to please the customer which drives up the sales which drives up the whatever but i mean they don't give a shit about the customer I mean, the best case, the best case scenario for Wizards is that the wholesalers fucking buy massive amounts of product and hoard it to sell on the secondary market. Are you saying that's why they're making all these master sets, John? Oh, I never. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm saying that. God damn it. Masters 25 is going to have Jace the Mind Sculptor and he just got unbanned in modern. I'm going to buy the shit out of that. Are you telling me I shouldn't? I mean, you know, I'm saying buy it, but, you know, think about if you're like a distributor and you're going to buy pallets and pallets and pallets of Masters 25 and you're going to just take half of them and sit on them, you know, for five years or whatever and slowly trickle that shit out at twice the price, you know, a year from now, two years from now. I mean, that's who they really got to please because, you know, they make all their money off the distributors before it even gets to your hands. I mean... You know, when you buy a pack, you know, you're paying the store, you're paying, but you're really paying the wholesalers who give it to the store. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying they unbanned Jace the Mind Sculptor to force a spike in their Masters 25 sales? John, this seems crazy. If you have a monopoly on cards, would you unban a, a $200 card and then all of a sudden put it as a premier card in the set coming up? That sounds crazy. Would you do that? You know who's really profiting off this? All the fucking people that were sitting on that uh, from the Vault 20 that had Jason the Mind Sculptor in it, where everybody's like, well, you can't use it, so I guess I'll sell it for... Yeah, if you're sitting on a bunch of those, it is the happiest day of your fucking life, and you're going to be breaking some product open. Yeah, there's always people that buy those master sets and put them in their trade binder and then just trade them out, and they're just like, oh, no, right now. It's like, yep. Oh, shit. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's nobody out there with a warehouse full of that shit just waiting for the day it was unbanned. Well, I mean, I guess it never wrote, was legal in modern, was it? So just, is it? Un- eh, anyway. Wizards will just ride it down to the ground, the pricing. They basically unbanned a car that's super expensive, put it as the premier car in the set coming up, sell a ton of that shit, drive the price of the car down. Like, if you're a loyal, like, collector, how are you cool with that? The price will never go lower than the price of a box. And that's the glorious thing about it, because as long as there's a chance that you can get that card in there, that's what you're willing to pay for the box. It's fucking crazy, man. I mean, they, in order to keep Jason Mind Sculptor up, they have to put tons of junk in that set. Oh, well, there's so, I mean, like the last one was the worst one as far as junk. Oh, my God. They're just calling it Masters now. So you don't think they're going to do Eternal or Modern? They're just going to be like, Masters Edition, and it's going to have like whatever in it? Uh, yeah, and I think they're going to cool off on that shit pretty soon because they're already kind of signaling. Like, uh, they, they cut from the vault as a skew, and I, I think that after this one, they're going to ratchet back, and we're probably going to see another conspiracy set before we see another uh, master set. How far can a company go until it's the money grab is noticed? They're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly. Oh, we were trying to grab cookies out of the cookie jar. We'll just call it Masters now. The one a year. All right, relax, relax. Well, Masters has been a thing for a while on MTGO. That's how how you were able to get the kind of cards. They would come out in Masters Edition, you know, like cards that you would never get on MTGO because they were in sets that came out like back in the 90s, like Arabian Nights. If you wanted to play Dredge and you wanted to have a Bazaar Baghdad, then you had to get it from Masters Edition drafts, which were like the original Masters sets. But they started doing the paper master sets and Modern Masters 1. Modern Masters 1 was a fucking sweet set, dude. I remember that set very fondly and a lot of good times, man. That was a fucking sweet draft. You could force Storm. You know, like just crazy shit. Um, God, yeah. But, you know, reprint sets of the past, like Chronicles or like uh, core sets and stuff like that. Most people didn't like those. They said that they were like not that cool to draft or, you know, just like well, so much shit in those. Oh, my God. You know, question number seven. What magic mechanic most deserves a second chance? AKA, it sucked when it came out, but there's still a lot of design space and potential out there. Dash. I loved undercosted cards to like hit you for damage, put it back in your hand, let's go. Next turn. That is exactly the one that I was going to say, Dash. All right. Well, I have Delve. A lot of people were like, oh, Delve is broken, man. But the th- problem was is that they were putting Delve on cards that were good, like big 5-5 five, five flying demons. Right, yeah. Draw a bunch of cards. Destroy target creature. Yeah, like if they just put it on bullshit cards, like a six uh, converted mana cost fog, <laughs> no one be complaining about Delve. Or it was like, you know... Uh, Five mana, three, three. Or hunt the weak for five, but it could be, you know, one, essentially. I mean, people would play that, where it's like, I'm going to be like, put a counter on my shit, fight your shit, 
for one mana a lot of the time. Yeah, but they were putting it on crazy shit in Konzatark here, like plus six, plus six for one mana, and like draw three cards for one mana, destroy target creature for one mana, like it was stupid. There's no other formats that can just put a bunch of cards in your graveyard. This seems good, guys. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, Morrow says that his pick would be uh, Meld, uh, which you might remember from Eldric Moon, where you take two cards and flip them over and you make a big one on the back. And market research showed the reaction was so-so. Well, it was so-so because the cards fucking suck. They were terrible. They were awful. You never, you didn't see them in standard, modern, legacy, whatever, like draft occasionally. I don't think I ever saw anyone meld the fucking card. And I went down there a lot for F&Ms. Well, it's so fucking hard to do, too. I mean, oh, my God. Well, if they made it more often, then people could meld whatever. I'm Mara, whatever. No, I think, no, that's terrible. He's just terrible. Fuck Mara's answers, dude. I'm winning this great designer search, bro. Uh, you know, I don't exactly disagree with him, but I think that meld would be really cool for, like, uh, instant sorceries and enchantments. I just think they pissed it away. Right. Yeah, exactly. They should they should do it. Some Instance and Sorcerer is cool. So it's like you can cast a sorcery at instant speed if you mix it with like a one mana red shock or something. Well, they already had something like that in Kamigawa. It was arcane and you could splice onto arcane. So you would like cast an arcane card and you would reveal the card that had splice onto arcane and it was like you were like i'm gonna throw this lava spike at you but also i'm gonna draw a card with this uh. the, the problem i have with that is i still have trouble understanding that mechanic whereas the way john said it was way cleaner i think it's it's way cleaner yeah, like if you could just have something where like you combine the two of them, where maybe like you splice or discard into the command zone, where like, you know, the top or bottom half is just kind of hanging out there, you know, and then you can do the same thing to get the other half in there and then it enters the battlefield. Like, I think that might might make it more understandable. I would like to take back my previous statement. What John said is fucking confusing. Moving on. <laughs> Planeswalker emblems hang out there. Oh, my God. When we did Unstable... That was crazy because, like, not only did I have to explain magic mechanics to players, I had to explain how they altered magic mechanics so that they could use certain cards. And, like, new players were like, what? Draft. Oh, my God. It's terrible. Oh, hey, high five. High five, everybody. Give me high five. I was like, why would you come down here for your first time? Why would you do this? Why would you do this? I'm just going to wreck you for and go out and smoke for 40 minutes. This is... This is terrible. Uh, so, number eight. Uh, of all the Magic expan expansions that you've played, which is the shaley worded question, pick your favorite and explain the biggest problem with it. Um, and, of course, Morrow, being the homeboy that he is. Word him up, Plizzity Planeswalkers. See you, six, six, six. See you next Tuesday. He says, Unstable is his favorite. And, uh... He's pissy because he missed a bit with Commander balancing cards for Unstable, which I don't fucking understand at all. So anyway, favorite and what's wrong with it? Well, that's nice that Morrow said Unstable as his favorite because he goes down to no shops ever, hangs out with people that obviously know what magic <laughs> cards do. 
that sounds like fun to alter the game that you normally play a million hours a week to do something different. And then, yeah, yeah, I understand why you picked that, but it's terrible for every person going down to FNM. Enough shitting on Unstable. Uh, favorite set and what's wrong with it, Tim? <sighs> favorite set? My favorite set were, was probably uh, Konzatark here, the three color shit. They made, they made Trilands like viable. You could draft a couple of them and, and go off. Uh, what was wrong with it is that they didn't carry it into further sets. I thought I felt like that multicolored theme was really good, but it turned standard into like a five colored fucking fuck fest. It, it was pretty terrible. I don't know. I pass. I'm going to say saviors of Kamigawa. I feel like they could have got a little bit more racist with it. They were like trying not to offend the social justice warriors. So they were like really tiptoeing uh, around the whole Asian heritage thing. And, you know, you have all this cool stuff like spirits and, you know, legendary creatures and equipment this brand new uh this brand new card type and you're not even gonna make chopsticks a card like they just (laughs) chopsticks has got to be an artifact card that can't attach to white humans yeah it can't attach to white cards for sure man but chopsticks should should add like something stupid like zero or one plus oh for like six mana to equip or some shit It's like, yeah, it's two mana to cast, but it's four mana to equip. An equipped creature gains tap, and you can reveal the top card of your library. And if it's a (laughs) non-land card, then you may exile it. And what he's doing is he's eating it. So when he eats the card, you gain life equal to the converted mana cost. Bro, I'm fucking winning this great designer (laughs) series. That seems like the stupidest thing. My pick. Nobody cares. I would say my favorite is Return to Ravnica, and the biggest problem with it is Gatecrash and uh, Dragon Space. <laughs> the following sets. All right. Seriously, that, that first one, it was such a fucking great set, and it drafted amazing, and the last two, they just, like, fucking ruined it. Oh, oh no, man. It was over could be more wrong. I fucking loved Gatecrash, dude. Like, the Demir Mill deck in Gatecrash was so much fun. Oh, I forgot you're a hateable magic player, Sid. Don't even be fucking hating, because, uh, speaking of Mill... Remember how much fun we had that iconic masters draft when we had the mill deck? We were so giddy, dude. Sometimes you get me drunk and persuade me to do things I don't want to do. But your I, breath smelled okay. like cotton candy. I, then. I usually regret it the next day. Movie. <laughs> I gotta say though, like the best card in Gate Crash was definitely that uh, three drop dragon that exile shit you can play. Fucking amazing card. Oh, are you t- like uh, what? What's that called? Like, uh, not Nightville Spectre. Uh, it was Nightville Spectre. And then. Yeah. 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 And it's basically it, it, it did devotion for black or blue because it was is one blue or black, blue or black. And the thing is, like, that card was a huge player in standard and like saw even some a little bit of modern play in like an Ashiok slash Nightville Spectre build. But that went south real quick.
but still original Ravnica. Oh my God. That was such a fucking amazing set and it drafted so well. Christ. Oh, for the good old days. My favorite planeswalker was Ashiok. I wanted to say he was a girl, and then several designers said they wanted to say he was a boy, but I vetoed their decision and I said he's neither. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. People are still so fucking butthurt about Ashiok, even though Ashiok wasn't in the Return to Ravnica. But God. Uh. He is like. If you're playing against somebody who has an Ashiok on online, like that, you can protect. It's just, just the most miserable game of Magic cards. They're just stealing your cards, and they have like a pile of your cards underneath Ashiok. Comes out early and does work. You're like twelve loyalty. You're like, how am I ever fucking kill that? And you're like, all right, I'll cast your huge worm, the biggest card in your deck on turn six. Go. You're like, oh my god. Okay, hang in there. We're almost there. So, number nine. Out of all the Magic expansions that you've played, pick your least favorite and explain the best part about it. Maro totally fucking punts on this and picks Homelands, because uh, you could pretty much pick any of those uh, sets that were immediately after Ursa Saga, and they're all kind of equally shitty, so yeah, he, he doesn't have the balls to actually pick a set with any redeeming qualities and say it's not good. Um, I'm going to have to say... Uh... Rivals of Ixalan. I was very disappointed with the synergy set. I thought they would go a little further with it. It's just kind of like more of the same where I wanted like a merfolk to really change modern. I wanted a pirate's deck to show up later. I wanted like some shit to happen because they have two sets to build a synergy and they, they didn't, they kind of just like went safe with it. Arabian Nights, man, fucking sucked. But. It still offended a lot of social justice warriors, even though they went the, you know, not racist safe route with the design. You know, they could have just been so much more racist with it. But social justice warriors, they got up in arms about that shit. I think they should hire you for the great designer search, Sid, and change the whole company to like a non-PC like company. And That's what I'm saying, dude. We need to stop selling this game to fucking kids because kids are broke and they can't play magic that good we need to get people that are adults play magic good there needs to be booze there needs to be naked ladies on the cards and it's gonna be a fucking party it's gonna be awesome also uh we need to get women out of the game too so just dudes so just straight cisgender dudes fucking hanging out drinking booze smoking cigars Naked ladies on the cards. Great designer search. What if you had a, a set that was like dealt around the way the world is right now? So you have like a car that's like an accountant and he gains you two life every turn. You have a car that's like a lawyer and he's like a 4-2 and he just fucking strikes in every time. Would ex-wife be a legendary creature or would she be equipment? Oh, it would be a legendary creature. People would use it as their commander. It just it just breathes fire on everything. I don't know what your ex-wife is like, but... Whew, fuck. So I think the ex-wife card, it would be it would be called Ex-Fina. It'd be like one red black, and it'd be like eater of, Ex-Fina eater of children, because my wife like gave gray head and just, just eat the fucking cum, but she's like a terrible person, and it sounds fierce. But she sacks a creature and gets a 1-1 counter. It's three mana, and it's like a two-two or some shit. And just gets insane. Would you? Yeah. Would you be able to exile her with an O ring? Ba -da -ba -ba.
I'm loving it. We're doing it. Great designer search. Okay, my my answer on this would probably be Kaladesh, just because there was a lot of promise there, and uh, the best part about it was the interesting place it went with artifacts, but it didn't go far enough with it, and energy was just such a stupid fucking thing, and like the other mechanics in Kaladesh, nobody gives a shit, because nobody actually played them, and there's like, what, fucking five mechanics in there or something like that? If they just made it an artifact set and gone with the vehicles, it probably would have been one of the best sets in recent times, but no, they. Have I would say up. the one redeeming quality of Kaladesh is that Chandra actually is good. Like that's that, that that's a Best good Chandra. Chandra. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like because Chandra sucked for so long, like they just never could make a good Chandra. But this one is like the she's real. Last question. Number 10, you had the ability to change one thing about magic. What would it change? Of all the possible things, he talks about the stupid uh, legendary creature rules, which I don't think anybody really gives a fuck about. I'm kind of surprised he didn't say change the uh, change the uh, reserve list. But uh, but anyway, you get to change mag- magic wand, wave it, change one thing about magic. What do you do? Easy. Fire Mara. <laughs> Easy. Fire Mara. Yeah, that was my answer, you assholes. Fire rose water. <laughs> yeah, fire rose water. Oh god. We all have the same answer. I have a backup answer. God damn. Go ahead, Sid. Why would you fire fire Maro? Well, because he's fucking a dork, dude. We need to get a good brother in charge, man. I say we fire Maro. Fucking hire Hulk Hogan, brother. Take the brand change in a whole different direction. Uh, you know we gotta get rid of new new ever meet green mechanic is called brother. When it enters the battlefield, puts a one one counter on something else. But one thing I would change about magic is like I go down my my regular interaction with magic is F and M. and the one thing FNM is lacking is I need more hookers and blowjobs. Other than that, I drink myself, smoke weed, whatever. People down there is cool, so give me some hookers and blowjobs. I would unironically say that uh, without firing Morrow, they just need to peel him back to be a lead designer and the Silver Border Rules Advisor and all of the PR shits, all of the spokesman shit, all of the uh, GDS test grading shit. Give that to somebody else for the love of God, just have him interact with the public a whole lot less and focus on the things that he might actually be good at. Not that we've seen any evidence of that recently. Right. You just don't want this fucking dweeb as the ambassador of your fucking product, dude. We need to get somebody sexy and hip. I said, what's Mr. T doing these days, man? He fucking, hey, fool, you play energy. I pity you because your shit's bad, son. Well, it's like he, he can't be, you know, it's like, oh, I'm Mauro. I'm the player's friend. I'm here to advocate for you. And then he'd like, you know, oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. I'm a total culprit tool. <laughs> you know, it's like, get, get the fucking stop. Just stop. Yeah. Mauro, he turned it into a social justice company where like he's the guy that would be like, you don't like him on the playground. Let's go talk to him. Now apologize to Jacob. Give him a hug. And it's like. People hate people like that. They're like, I want to fucking hate that kid. Just let me hate that kid. He fucking rubbed my face in dirt. I'm not going to say, okay, 
Mauro is the guy on the playground where he would go fucking snitching about every goddamn little thing to the teachers. Like if there was something that like was a was a, you know, uh, playground rules bend or something like that. Oh, oh, Mrs. Kinnisley, Mrs. Kinnisley, he doesn't have his shoelace tied and the rules say you got to tie the shoelace. Well, the thing is, if somebody's being an asshole to anybody who's transgendered or a girl or anything like that, people around them are like, don't be a fucking dickhead. Or if it's at a big tournament, then social justice warriors will take care of it. It's like they don't have to do company policies to make sure people are nice to other other people. It's like yeah, hire hire the SJW principal from South Park as the uh, community manager. You just have to, you know, believe that you know social norms around that area are going to dictate how that game is is played. And then when we go to the south, it'll be like. KKK attorneys and you know whatever. Well, I mean, if they're gonna allow all types of people in the tournament, they gotta allow the white supremacists too, man. Otherwise, that's just fucking hypocrisy. Well, if you're gonna allow the pedophiles to be judges, then I mean, you gotta you know be cool with a white supremacist, right? Yeah, all they want to do is go in and play mono white, you know. And when they say <laughs> white power, they're not like. <laughs> sorry I'll put that out there they should do more to empower stores to like because right now there's only like absolutely nothing or you show up on the DCI ban list right I mean they should have some way that like you could put like a regional ban on people or something or like you know flag people where it's like hey if this person's coming to your store they sell you know fake cards or you know we've had problems with them or some shit like that I mean, they should do more to empower stores to like you know fucking enforce their own standards right I'm docking fucking prize packs I'd be like oh well, you won FNM tonight. I'm sure that you prepared and tested for hours this afternoon, but you should have taken a break at some point and fucking took a shower. So instead of your eight prize packs, you're getting four. And let this be a lesson to you to not be a fucking dirty bitch when you come into my store, bitch. Or at the beginning of every game, they lose a card out of their opening hand if they smell. If someone calls them out at the beginning of the night, be like... <laughs> You should just start with six. Or just, like, make it feel like you've got their back, where, like, if you kick a person out for being smelly, and they go and they fucking bitch up a storm on Twitter or whatever, and then they go, oh, gee, we're going to close this store down because we love smelly engendered people, and we don't want anybody to feel unwelcome, even if they reek like a goddamn shithouse. I've never, ever, ever had a problem with anyone who's transgendered or, or gay or anything like that shot. Those are probably the nicest people because they don't want to start shit. They're like friendly, social. They joke with me when I'm playing games with them. And like, and I don't care about an Adam's apple. So, so hit me up. Crickets. Well, John, it was just like a, you know, medical deformity that they were born with that anyway. I mean. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Like, I guess the biggest problem that I have not so much with the smell because you might get used to it after a while. But, like, people that like to hover on your games, man. Like, I get it. You know, I'm playing against your friend. And y'all came here tonight. And y'all are in it to win it, man. But, you know, don't don't be standing there hovering over the game. Because, I don't know, I just get real suspicious of people. We used to have this guy, uh, Sergio. You remember Sergio? Oh, yeah, Sergio. He would... 
Sergio would always play mono red and instead of going and jerking off like a smart person, he would instead finish his games real fast and then go around to people's games and like try and tell them, you know, what they should do in their games, you know. I hated Sergio too. He always had that cooler full of breakfast burritos he was selling for $3 a piece afterwards when you're walking out. I was like, yeah, I do need this because I'm drunk, but you're an asshole because they suck. Dude, I would not eat food that Sergio touched. Gross. I hate people that drag out the games. That's why I play on the computer because you can like literally do bong hits while you're playing Magic. It's awesome. Yeah, but you don't wear pants, Sid. That's why you don't stream very much anymore. You gotta put pants on. Dude, I turned off the camera that was pointed at my dick, okay? I'm sorry. You kept getting up to go get tea, (laughs) but you don't have tea. You just wanted to show your tea bags, all right? That was not cool, and we did not post that stream. Tea. I love sweet iced tea, man. Let me get some more tea. You stand up, your nuts are just (laughs) terrible. I can't help it, dude. On a summer day, it's so hot here that I can't wear <laughs> pants, dude. I just can't wear pants. It's not You ever see that show, The Goldbergs, where the dad, the first thing he does when he comes home is take off his pants? Yes. He sits in the, the recliner and he's like, whatever. He just yells shit from the recliner. And it's like, that's similar to kind of what my dad did. But it's like, he didn't lose the pants right away. But he was just like, he was always like, he had his command center, and it's like, as I became an adult, I have my command center. I have, like, three computers, monitors set up. I got two computers going. I got streaming center, but then Sid stopped taking his pants off. Maybe we'll start that again, but Sid, wrap it up, bro. Wrap that shit up. Put pants on. Oh, man. So you can check out my pantsless stream on over at twitch.tv forward slash magic and hash. You know, um, I have decided that once the MTG arena is finally, you know, a product, I wanted to stream my uh, climb up the ladder and accumulating a collection. I've been playing on the closed beta. I think the game's pretty cool. It's got me playing Magic every day again. Um, You know, this isn't like some kind of shining endorsement or whatever, but I've been enjoying it. Um and the coolest part is it's free. You know, you can't go wrong with free magic cards. So, um, you can check me out over there. Check us out over at Facebook. Uh, the Facebook magic and hash group. We're posting like memes all the time. And, uh, Aaron, Sarah Lee has got a fucking Photoshop shit. And, uh, we controlling check that shit out, uh, over on YouTube. um, What's some other stuff? Oh, on Twitter. I Sid's hate mail at gmail.com. And uh, peace. Find John at lemonparty.org. He's really making big movements in, in the Lemon Party. Yeah, 2018, baby. And John, uh, where can people find you? On Netflix? Uh, you, you will find me uh, trying to sneak into a... Uh, like 1 p.m. showing of Black Panther on a Tuesday because there's no fucking way that I am going to uh, see that in prime time. Are you saying there's going to be a mixed racial audience for the movie Black Panther or it's 
It's going to be mostly black, John. Is that what you're saying? I, I didn't say anything like that. I'm just saying, like, I never always said on the first weekend. It's not just Black Panther. It's it's anything on the first weekend. Always gonna anything black related on the weekend. <laughs> oh no no, Medina's uh, Halloween Part Two. I'll I'll be there on Friday night. I love anything Medea. She's a. Where's Martin Lawrence and his like? Speaking of transgender. Or the Trumps or Clumps or whatever it's called. That's just, it's just great. It's a spoof on, on everything I love. Thanks for joining us. Hit us up at magicandhash at gmail.com with all your inquiries. Magic underscore Timmy on Twitter. Tim Kempter on Facebook. Hit any of us up. We'll add you to our Facebook group. Thanks for getting blissed with us. Peace out. Have you ever seen a corpse? How about an exquisite one? Think about Frankenstein's monster. Now, think about fun. You're getting it. Good. Johnny starts with a leg. I sew on an arm. Then you lend a hand. We each add our piece. Now, what kind of beast have we made? Let's find out. I woke up Sunday to a bloodshot sky Robot overlords who stepped by Should've listened when we had the juice to try And build a science guy told us that the end is nigh Lately it's been getting harder to Survive since the hive started to Ban American refugees from being a damn part of the People's Republic of Antarctica A bum begged me for a bill he could borrow Babbling some shit about there's still a tomorrow He said the legend has it There's still a Baja grill in a sparrow At the top of Mount Kilimanjaro And so desperate Set out from the deserts out in Portland Until my thirsty horse collapsed in the scorched sand I promised to myself heart and soul I crawl across this dead world for those garlic rolls Yo Kid, let go with a dead horse. Stop crying, need a ride? Hop in my red Porsche. Eat something, homie, you look bony and frail. Now why the hell would you take the Oregon Trail? Remember back in grade school, that stupid computer game? You should've known better, now there's no one but you to blame. Dying of dysentery, don't climb to the enemy. I'ma take you underground where the high resistance be. Apparently a colony of people are out there. A garden full of veggies, even garlic, they sprout there. Leader General Bieber, who be running shit down there? Found a way to end the drought, bring out the swimwear. Soon as we pulled up, we heard drilling noises. Children started dancing, even grown folk joined in like a hydrant in the Bronx. Water shot up in the air, but was boiling and as hot as solar flares. Ain't that a bitch? Nobody believed it till the first wave hit. The ground started shaking and the sky went red. No, goddamn. Another one down, colonies of people living under the ground, rallied against the clowns, a resistance was born, they fight for mankind and the existence of corn, let's go! Uh, back on the surface, life eaters, avoiding wild packs and North American beavers, creepers and face feeders, fear the great reaper, you're either gonna get eaten or beat with a pay meter, this is real shit, homie, doggy dog, more like robot clown, East man and whole squad, graffiti on the wall says there is no God, but there is still homemade vodka. Homemade vodka, pour a shot up, then I swill it I'm the only person left who remembers how to distill it It's the most popular product in the underground economy So I'm the most popular person in my underground colony All the resistance leaders, they throw shots down At my bar after they fight the robot clowns As of late, they've been stressed and depressed Cause the chances of us winning are becoming less and less We lost the captain of the human army Morale's really low and a lot of people are starving I'm still wondering how this all happened Is this even real or am I just on acid? 
The clowns are advancing down I use the word down Cause they're coming underground Wait, what's that sound? It's kinda loud Holy shit, there they are right now Calm down, soldier This is no time to be a fink We can beat these clowns, okay? We just need to think I've lost ten men this week I can't sleep a wink But this the last place on earth A guy can get a decent drink So darned if we lose this bar To these useless zombie bastards I'd rather starve than be boozeless So I put barbed wire slabs on the fences That should buy some time to plan our defenses Pick up the chairs and trash cans off the floor Stack them up on the front door to jam up the entrance Ain't got grenades, but we still might be saved I just found 50 Diet Coke cans and some breath mints Fill the trash cans to the brim with the cola When the robots break in, toss the mints in the soda See, the blast won't hurt them, but it'll get them wet, certainly It'll mess up their wiring and disrupt the circuitry If it don't work, though, my next plan cannot fail We drink the vodka, shot after shot till we too drunk to feel pain Spark up a flame and turn the bottles that remain into Molotov cocktails I've had it with you clowns, I've reached my limit You may have killed my captain, but I'm the lieutenant And I won't let you terrorize us Wait just a minute, there ain't no robot zombie Man, what the hell is it? Adam, I, I didn't mean to scare you Dude, that's not a robot, it's just Iggy Azalea Must have hit up in the bar to learn about how we are Then report back to the captain of the folks attacking my favorite rap stars Oh shit, quick hitter with some fucking duct tape She came to sing rap and give us all some undercut fades Lo-fi beats transmitting telegraphic auto-tune Help, she's inside my head and I don't think I am immune Been repoed, I think I'm in deep I am weeping at the seams Forfeiting my dreams and keeping the streets G-code Only way to outrun it is doubling up on the track Any and everyone get up in metal I mean it, just putting a pedal into it Now we taking over the tempo and tuning it Never go down unless I'm ruin it, so I'm inducing it, doing it all. I'm undoing it, deuces, I'm dipping. Who coming with the kid? I'm out. Headed to dojo, Diggs got pistols hidden in his fro, though. These robots think we're bitch, Diggs. Give me some loco. And let me borrow your Jefferson Road, bro. I'm going postal. Bay Boy's about to put this barrel into some fucking blowholes. Whoa, 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 hold up, Cash. You see, I'm trimming my mustache up. I heard all these newly brainwashed rap chicks are really down to fuck. I combed the pistols out the fro, and they sitting on the table. And there's two cheese steaks out in the fully gassed up the saber. I'm ready to ride on these haters, let's go. But you better drive, cause you already know that apocalypse and not when I'm behind the wheel. My back is sure enough. Gonna get stopped and we ain't got the time and the tags are expired. You know how it is. I am really not trying to die today. By copper, by a gee robot, won't stop. Let me go bottle up this kombucha. I've been brewing on the back porch. Grab the backpack out the closet. It's got all of our passports. I've been planning this for a minute. Seeing the writing on the walls. If we survive and find a civilization, they've got to know who we are. First we soup up Chinaka. In case we need some muscle or reason or anything other than our indiscriminate hustle. Then we roll through the hood real slow, bumping something all of these monsters know. Like a Watsky song. Lo and behold, they'll follow our car wherever we go. Let's lead them out to Napa and let them gentrify that bitch up. Start the car, homie. No, we are not stopping for any swishers. Or a McFlurry, bro. There's no time for that shit. Hold up, there go knock right there. Pull over. Hey yo, knock. Hey yo, knock. Get in the car. Hey Rafa, get back seat. Make room for your fam, friends. I'll give you this McShake and the end of my Hanson. Now what the fuck y'all talking? It's the end of the world. I've been on Pinterest tending to the end of my curls. I mean, the sky is always purple. People running on vapors. I mean, the tribute been gone. I ain't gonna read it in the papers. Nothing's all that different. Been the same for black women when apocalyptic breakfast follow revelation dinners. The lights been out. The water smelling of flint. Exquisite corpses laying where the bodies had been. No bombs over Baghdad, just drones with grenades. So when life give us issues, we learn to drop lemonade. So, okay, fellas, shall we get in formation? Bump some Pied Piper aura out the trunk of this scraper. Do the end of the world silent in our fitteds and gators. Lure these stupid motherfuckers on a goose chase. Use whatever's already in our suitcase. I got this whole road Jones for this open road. And my flow so cold, we on the AC. I pop for no doze. I'll read this formal prose. I bet you Butler knows how to make 
make us free A Lauren Olamina in a trumped up world A black magic woman still being called girl But the only constant is change homes So let's get the supplies and then dip up out our bay homes Got this earthquake kit and six gallons of gas I got digs in the driver and Ralph in the back Got this passenger seat and elasticity speaks Go north, David Just gun it to wine country Do it moving fluid like turfing with I dummy It's the bay moves we learned as natives gon' keep us safe It's that 40 water water and an instrumental tape Let's go They'll get tired behind us I mean half of them hybrid but nigga most of them wind ups We got nothing but power, we got nothing but time I got Cootie's new beats and music of my mind But nothing left in Napa but the sin of the race No palate cleansing tapas for discriminate taste Nothing left in Calistoga but one pop bubble We got just two dudes and like one not trouble How the hell we supposed to repopulate humanity? The two of y'all and me, that's like actual insanity, like, ill. Really gross, guys. It's like, not Diggs, not Rafa, not nobody else. Just get back, just doing it styling in wine country with nothing else. Red, red wine, I don't wanna die. I hum under, my breath is a fight death in the quiet depths of the bunker. I was confounded when I came to after dumbfounded, brought me to the better base underground, where we hunkered down for the summer. But the winter came in the flame, that we tended to flicker to nothing, and the few of us living resorted to burning cadavers like tinder and lumber. We bickered bitterly, and our wickedness hit a peak in our hunger. Sickened, we hunted each other, pickpocketed the weak and we plundered. A visitor from the surface stole a garlic roll from a David Buster's, and a bush with a buster in his sleep, just to lick his fingers for butter, but it kinda gave me a digestion, and confessed on the pipes ruptured from a dung lungs puncture when dust stuck me with a sharpened end of a plunger. Now with me a Greaves in a shallow grave Next to Jay Beebs and Azalea's pale humongous butt That'll rest my head up over my perpetual slumber We frail and wretched convention will It's curtains, my days are numbered And I'm numb to the pain Yet one remaining certainty gives me comfort I made a living yelling my opinions loudly Thinking I might matter if I drew a crowd See now, my lily cheek on Iggy's chilly cheeks I finally see that the future will be fine without me Nothing is entitled to be mine I'm a token of a broken time And maybe there are survivors on the surface in Les Sabres working on Tomorrow sipping red, red wine. Red, 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 red wine.